0: Welcome back to our weekly podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and I have the honor of introducing you to Oscar Pfeiffer Sanchez. Oscar graduated this May with a degree in international business management with an emphasis in marketing and a minor in international relations. Oscar is both Swiss and Mexican and has a very interesting story to tell. I'm very excited to introduce you to him. And also, this is the first ever podcast filmed in person. We're actually sitting at a table in my apartment. Um, So that's very exciting. And officially, welcome to this podcast, Oscar.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Margaret. I'm very excited to tell my story.
0: Me too. So I want to get right into it. I know that this podcast is coming out once you're graduated, but I kind of want to talk about the here and now, um, and how has it been being co-president of the senior class?
1: Thank you for asking me that question. It's actually been a bumpy ride. Being Mm -hmm. the senior class president has been extremely exciting. Um, We have had a different approach as, I would say, other classes. Um, And we have actually, yesterday found out that we have reached our $30,000 goal Yay. to complete our senior class gift, which will be a new laboratory for the school. So it has actually been amazing. I've gotten to work with some really cool people and I've gotten to change my perspective on on the school in a way. But it has been... Yeah, I would say it has been extremely fun. It has been... I would say this, the focus of my semester, because for the semester, I actually mm-hmm. decided to take only two classes, which would make me a part-time student. And that actually gave me a chance to focus most of my efforts to be to being the senior class co-president. So it uh, it's actually played a big role in this semester for me, and I've really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, so what were some of the things that you've been working on?
1: So the major thing is achieving... Um, well, achieving our goal for the senior class gift. At the beginning, we struggled even figuring out what gift we wanted to give. Uh, once we spoke to the school a few times, they gave us the idea of donating a new laboratory for the ENV major department and for the science department, basically. And when they initially told us that the goal was 30000 for the lab, they made it very clear that they actually didn't expect us to raise nearly as close to 30,000, they, th- they thought we would raise about 5,000 or something like that. And when we decided to actually work in collaboration with the school on university day to try to gain as much attention for a goal as possible. And we created we created a marketing campaign according to like, in accordance to that, that was a dear 2020 me campaign that some of you might've seen and in collaboration with the university, we released it that day, and a few days later, it became apparent that we had already raised twenty-two thousand dollars, which basically put us so close to our goal. And then we worked on the senior auction, the classical senior auction that happens every year. Then that got us another extra around five thousand dollars. Then we actually also did the senior roast, which was a new introduction this year, and finally we released a new video last week, and we made it to thirty thousand.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Would you mind letting the listeners into kind of what the Senior Roast was? Because it is a new event and it was super exciting. Uh,
1: Yeah, of course. So it was a completely new event that was suggested by one of the students at the beginning of the year. And it basically meant that three students and three professors would sit down together in the auditorium and just roast each other for an hour. Students would tell jokes about the professors, the professors would tell jokes about the students. But basically, each one of the six participants or panelists would just have a 10-minute slot to speak and just roast and make fun of everyone in the in the panel. It was all done in a friendly manner, obviously, and it actually turned out to be very successful and people enjoyed it a lot. And we are expecting we set up in a way in which only seniors can roast. That way, it. It develops continuity, and so that way every year it's done only for the seniors, uh, but enjoyed by the whole school. So hopefully it will become a tradition in Franklin.
0: Yeah, it was super fun being a part of the audience. And you actually participated in the Senior Roast as a roaster and a roastee. Can you give us some insight into what the preparation for your roasting looked like?
1: Yeah, it was actually super, super fun. It was James Heaven, and I. Those were the three students that were roasting and being roasted. And the preparation was we gave each other like a week to come up with the jokes. I'm never going to forget being in my room on my own, writing these jokes and just laughing so loud because the jokes were actually hilarious. And then we, the three of us sat down to kind of run through each other's jokes. Not what we had to say about each other, but what we had to say about the professor's. So that we actually all covered different aspects of what we wanted to say about them. And so that's why when the roast happened, we never really repeated a single joke. Because everyone yeah. everyone went at them from different perspectives. And it was really, really funny.
0: Yeah, it was good. And the professors involved were Professor Savo, Professor Record, Dean SSB. That's it. And that's it. And it was very, very good. Yeah. I feel like it was... Um, I think it will continue. I think a lot of people had fun. And it was fun, even though it was on Zoom, I feel like people were really engaged.
1: Well, yeah, actually, the the voting for the next year senior class exec board is happening this week. And the number of candidates that want to run for the exec board is over the roof. I mean, we have like around 15 candidates. So it's wow. huge.
0: That's a lot coming from our class, who, you know, there was less competition. 100%.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: that's the main thing. Um, and so. Kind of going back a little bit deeper into your Franklin experience, you mentioned being able to market for the senior class, but also throughout your university career, you've been able to work with marketing through the LLS program. And I'm kind of just curious, did this help you shape where you want to go professionally or give you a deeper understanding towards maybe what your degree is worth in the real world?
1: Well, yes, I worked with the marketing department for two years as an LLS and it was a good experience. It was the first professional experience i would say that i got in marketing and it definitely reassured my decision of taking a marketing emphasis so i don't know if you mentioned but i have a marketing emphasis in my degree so working with marketing actually just gave me a professional outlook on things so i worked with them for two years and it was i would say it was a tough a tough job because Although it was very it was very active, which is a good thing. Some LLSs are more active than others, and this one I would say is one of the most active ones, especially before COVID where I had to cover all of the events that the school ever had to host. So we were pretty active before COVID, so we had about like an event or two per week and I would have to be at every single one of them. So that was that was something that was really good, but it was also very exhausting. And another aspect that I had to do, for example, that was very different for other LLSs is that while during academic travel, most LLSs take a break. Actually, that was my most active time because that's when marketing wanted to do the most promotion, showing academic travel in real time. So that was something else. While I was in Scotland and all of my friends were just relaxing and enjoying their time. I was doing that, but at the same time, I also had to be in contact communi- con- constant communication with the marketing department so that we could get posts and photos out there. That's mainly my role for the social media part of things. But it definitely helped me understand what marketing is more about and it helped me you know, reassure my decision.
0: Yeah. And kind of some, a small curiosity that I have is you know, you don't actually have any social media, Mm. so how does that you know how does that work when you want to then go to marketing do you feel like you ever want to make a social media or does it confirm that you don't want any you know how does that work
1: it actually i talked about this in a job interview i had the other day and it actually i used to have social media when i was a teenager in high school and around those years it became very apparent what it was doing to people to me it became like very obvious that people were using it for the wrong reasons most people were like using it to show off and to gossip and to just I don't know I saw that it was having negative impacts on my life and on the life of the people around me so that's when I actually made the decision to get off of most of my social media accounts so that was where the decision came and then I took it as actually as a week challenge I was like I'm going to do it for one week and after one week of not having had instagram or snapchat or any other other ones except facebook i decided i was never going to do it again because it just changed my life from from one week of not using it it, like my life changes completely it was really weird but um now that i've gone into the professional part of marketing and i've studied it in university and i've definitely like been taught about social media a lot of times it has become very evident the power that it has over people and to me although I understand how to use it perfectly and I can really in a sense profit off of it or I can help a business profit off of it for me not using social media is like a drug dealer that doesn't get high on his own demand it's it's a weird way to say it but that's yeah that's my outlook on it
0: Interesting. Yeah, I went off of social media for a while too for some of the same reasons. But it is interesting how you know you kind of need it now as we progress forward. Um, But also, I wanted last reference to freshman year. But before we get into the juicy details of your future, (laughs)
1: um,
0: but I wanted to talk about when you started Model United Nations at Franklin, and I just kind of wanted to learn. To learn more about the process of actually starting a club at franklin how easy how hard it is and what your experience was like
1: Mm, i'm glad you asked me that because it was actually a very interesting encounter that i had (laughs) it was me and Arshan, my best friend coming from high school that we decided to start model united nations because we were both i was the chair and he was the um, vice chair at our model united nations in our high school so when we came here, we decided, let's, why not, you know, let's start a club, let's bring it, because we were really so somewhat bummed that it wasn't a thing in Franklin. And so I remember very well at the, at the club fair that we had, at the involvement fair in the Grotto, little Arshan and I with our <laughs> MUN sign, you know, sitting there. And all these people were so interested, and we got like, you know, 40 people to sign up to the club. And Arsha and were like, no way, this is incredible. Like, everyone likes it. And without really knowing Franklin, we thought that all these 40 people were going to show up in the first day and they were going to be <laughs> extremely enthusiastic. So, first day of MUN, it's like one week after, and me and Arsha show up. I think we even showed up with our suits. Like, just trying <laughs> to be professional. And I don't know if you've ever performed in, like participated in MUN but there's very strict procedure to how it goes the way of speaking the way of participating there's no interruptions it's all done by turns and it's very complicated now me and Arshan took no time to explain this to people and we actually when people didn't know what to do and we're just speaking out of turn and being a complete disaster me and Arshan actually got so annoyed that we're like no we're never doing this again it was it was a complete disaster it was so funny especially because a majority of us were freshmen and the majority of people there were our friends (laughs) so it was like for them it was laughing like a laughing moment because they could see me and Arjun were trying our hardest to control them and it just didn't work at all but um after a few sessions it's the people that actually were interested remained And the people that weren't started to not come, which was fine because it made it easier for us. And then we actually ended up taking Daniela and Diana, the twins, on
0: on a trip trip, to a conference
1: to our high school. Our high school hosted a conference and Daniela and Diana participated as as a delegates representing Franklin University. And that went really well. And it was a very good first encounter with Franklin and Franklin clubs and Franklin student-run organizations, and it was actually really fun. Yes.
0: Yeah. No. That sounds super cute. I forgot that you guys ended up going back to your high school and actually getting to participate. Yeah, we did. I can just imagine you two in your little suits it like sitting really, at the really front.
1: Really funny. I mean, when Arjun and I got called because we were at the, when we were already at the conference, and we got called in to like talk to the other organizers for the other classes i mean for the other schools we felt like we were big boys you know it was yeah. like, oh, like 40 year old people yes. and then arson and i at our 18 years of age thinking we were the coolest people in the classroom
0: so cute well okay now let's think about the future for a second how does it feel to know that this podcast is going to come out when you're graduated and the fact that you're graduating in now five days
1: it's it's such a bittersweet feeling i mean i am on the one hand extremely happy to be graduating like you know yeah
0: of course if most yeah, people it's should time. be it's, yeah. it's
1: time it's been four years but on the other hand it's been four years and i cannot believe that i remember my first day at franklin like it was yesterday i mean i could run you through every minute of that day and it's like it literally feels like it happened yesterday and i'm now i'm like five days away from closing my a room and never being in it again and it's such a weird feeling but i'm definitely very excited i've had a few job interviews lately and i have the one of them is already on the second round on the second stage and it's looking like that might be my where i go to it might be that i get this job and i start working directly for marketing for a company for a startup company so that obviously excites me very much, but um, it's also very a little bit nerve wracking because I have no idea whether if I actually get I'm gonna get this job or not. And if I don't, then I have n- close to no idea what I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna be in good company, and I know that I'm gonna be leaving Franklin, having made like having developed more than friends, just like a family that I can always rely on, and so. Although I'm sad to be leaving and I'm excited to believing and I'm also nervous, I know that I'm going to be fine just because of the community that I've managed to like build with my friends in the past few years.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I feel like we've talked about this a lot in other podcasts, but the idea that the Franklin family comes together no matter what, but also I think that you, of all people, have made a huge effort for not only you, but everyone to you know, bring people together and create this community. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see Franklin transition without you. You know, it'll be Thank very Thank you. That's touching. very
1: kind, Margaret.
0: Um, but so kind of getting away from the details of your job, but more like geographically and all that, where do you see yourself going post-grad? Do you want to stay in Switzerland? You know, what's your ideal?
1: So that's a good question, actually. I've been in, fr- in Switzerland for seven years now because I started high school in Switzerland. And for six out of those seven years, I was firm on the belief that I did not want to live in Switzerland after I graduated. I wanted to get as far away from Switzerland as I could because I have very personal reasons as to why. I mean, my Mexican culture with the Swiss culture just clashed in every aspect. They're very different cultures. And although I managed to get used to the Swiss ways, I never really agreed with them. And it wasn't up until this summer that it was the first summer in my Franklin, I mean, in my time in Switzerland, I didn't go back to Mexico, but I actually spent the time in Switzerland and I managed to become a Swiss, like an actual Swiss citizen. And I lived every day in and out like a Swiss person. That it wasn't up until that, that I realized that I actually love this country for many, many reasons. And there is a huge privilege to being here. So that changed my mind. And for now, for the short future, or short, short run, I plan on living in Zurich, or in Switzerland, anywhere. Under um, a
0: rock, maybe? Excuse me? Under a rock. Under <laughs> a rock, under a bridge. <laughs> anywhere that will take you. Anywhere in Switzerland,
1: <laughs> on top of a mountain. But basically, yes, my first choice is Zurich. And then, if that doesn't work out, maybe Germany. But definitely staying in Europe for the longer future... I would love to live either in Australia or in South Africa.
0: That would be very fun.
1: But that's, I think right now, especially with the current state of affairs in the world, it's rather hard to make such a big leap. Yeah. And so right now it feels like it's working out for me in Switzerland. And I want to, I want to stay here for the next few years for sure.
0: Yeah. Out of curiosity, you know, what were some of the things that you fell in love with over the summer? I know you spent some time in Zurich. Do you mind telling us a little more about that?
1: Yeah, I actually spent most of my time in St. Gallen with my uncle and mom's house. Uh, But I did spend a lot of time in Zurich because my cousin lives there and I ended up visiting him a lot. Um, The things that I fell in love with is for sure the mountains. I was already in love with them over winter because I'm a huge snowboarding fanatic. But I I would never spend time... On the mountains in the summer and so what i actually did is i i spent days on the mountains i would just go hike like come back go hike come back and actually my longest hike this summer was for 10 hours i just spent 10 hours hiking on one day just because i was so at peace and i loved it and then i also got into climbing which was a dream sport of mine that i had never gotten into and this summer i actually spent my safe up money to take climbing courses and learn how to do it properly and so i spent a lot of my summer doing that as well and switzerland is a climbing paradise if you want to do it outdoors there's millions of places to do it so i'm also looking towards that but also the peace and the happiness of the people here i mean just spending my time in zurich in the the summer and just seeing hanging out by the river five six hours just in one day playing volleyball with people that i didn't even know and in such an international city that is also like has its small town beauty to it it just made me fall in love with the place and yeah it just there's a lot of things that i learned about switzerland in just three months of being here alone yeah
0: well on that beautiful note um you know We'll wrap up this podcast, but I really thank you for being a part of the podcast and sharing such wonderful stories with us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Margaret. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. See ya.
1: See you.